This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. Prior to my sophomore year in college, I spent the summer working for Electric Boat, which is a division of General Dynamics in Groton, Connecticut, and it was working on submarines. Uh, Electric Boat built submarines. And so the summer before my sophomore year, the, the freshman year, before my freshman year, I was working in a road crew and was doing asphalt and pavement and cutting down bushes and that kind of thing. And then uh, my next year, I got a job as an outside machinist working on the fast attack submarines. They also had the Trident submarines there as well. And so the reason I was an outside machinist was because I started in a shed, but then we walked outside down into the shipyard and then went inside the submarine and worked inside. So this was a challenge for me on a million levels. First off, I know nothing about tools. I am pretty bad when it comes to anything related to tools at all. And uh, so being a machinist, someone who's going to have to work with tools, not a good, not a good combination. Uh, I, was, I went and looked for a skyhook. I went and looked for a left-handed, drive, left-handed screwdriver. Every little trick that you could play on me, they, they definitely uh, played on me. So one, I knew nothing about tools. Uh, Obviously, I knew nothing about subs. And the third thing was, is that it was dangerous. It's a dangerous job because you're working with all these different trades and and grinders and welders. And so there's sparks flying all over the place. And it's just a, um, it's a dangerous environment. And so, again, not dangerous if you know what you're doing, but for a a bumpkin kid who doesn't know anything about tools and is summer help, it uh, it it was a crazy, crazy circumstance. And then compounded by that was Friday afternoons were especially dangerous. And that's because at the time, and I'm sure this has changed and they're much safer than they are, outside the gates at lunchtime, this place had more bars than any other, uh, I think any other place in the country. And that's because all these people from the shipyards would go out at lunchtime, go into the bars, you'd walk into the bars and they would have shots and boilermakers lined up all the way up and down the bar rows and then these people would drink like crazy for lunchtime, and then they'd come back to work in the afternoon on Fridays. And so it was just, it was just, Fridays were just known as dangerous. So Fridays, you just kind of hid. You really didn't do anything. And so I would go, I worked in the, um, I was outside machines, but I worked in the torpedo crews. I worked inside the torpedo tubes. And so the, the, the fast attack torpedo tubes were pretty small. The Trident ones were huge. You could put like five or six people inside there standing up inside a, a big Trident one. But in the small ones, so you'd be inside this torpedo tube all afternoon. And it was the only safe place you could be because there were a lot more accidents on Friday afternoons than there ever were any other time. And so I, I came into the job not knowing anything. 
And when I left, I was actually pretty good with tools. And um, if you ever need somebody to build a submarine, maybe I could help you. And uh, everybody checked my work, though, so you don't have to worry about it. I think that everything was really safe. They had really good testing in there. So anything that I actually did, someone who knew what they were doing checked it out to make sure that I wasn't going to kill anyone. And so why the discussion about electric boat? Why the discussion about my new job and new experience? That's because today I'm starting a new three-part series entitled, I'm new, now what do I do? And in this three-part series, we're going to take a look at first-time leaders in the contact center. So if you've just gotten a job in the contact center, congratulations, you're in absolutely the right place. If you've been around for a while, I promise you that you're going to learn something new because we're just going to we're just going to super jolt here in three different parts. The information that you need to get off to a great start, supercharge your start in the contact center. First section we're going to talk about today is going to be numbers. Those are the numbers that you measure, manage by because contact centers are loaded with numbers. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about managing your people in the I'm new. Now, what do I do? And then in the third uh, part, we're going to talk about managing up, or more importantly, how do you work with your boss and what are the things that you need to know? Each one of these sessions is going to be about 15 minutes. So with this first 45 minutes, I think we're going to give you some information that's going to help you get off to a great start and what I hope will be a, a great career in leadership, whether you're going to be a supervisor or a contact center manager or training, or you're going to be in workforce management, whatever you're going to do. But we start with numbers, and we start with the numbers, which are, which are the statistics that you're going to measure yourself and measure your business by because they are important in the contact center business, and we do it because we can because everything is measured and it's valuable. I'm assuming that you probably started in the contact center, and if you didn't, welcome to contact centers, but if you did, then you understand this whole concept of numbers because everything is measured, and a lot of people don't, don't like that, but I always tell people, you know what, a contact center is a lot like professional football or baseball or basketball. Every part of those games are videoed. Every stat that you can possibly imagine is measured. Those people are told when they're going to start and when they're going to stop, and they're making multi-million dollars a year. So in this environment, you're told when to start and stop, and there's a lot of stats associated with it. And the numbers count because they're available and they can be used to measure performance. And you're probably thinking, well, you know what? I, I got into being a supervisor leader because I love people. And I don't want it to be about the numbers. I want to be about dealing with people because I love people. Well, in the contact center business, you don't get to love the people in a contact center if you don't get the numbers because you won't stick around very long as a leader. You also can't lead and you won't be successful unless you really understand the numbers. Okay, so you're also might maybe thinking, well, you know what? I'm just going to be a great manager and the numbers are going to take care of themselves. Yes, that may be the case, but you still have to know them. You have to watch them. And you have to understand them because they will help you get better one rep at a time. It's a little bit like the salesperson that says, I'm not very technical, but then turns around and answers every question. I want you to be able to answer every question when it comes to the numbers. And the core reason for this is that there are some realities that you can't get around in the contact center business. And the first is, is that one bad apple does spoil the whole bunch through that means that one person, whether you've got 12 people reporting to you or 25 people, they can totally wreck your numbers. So it's important that you understand how the numbers are created. Second, your worst employee will talk today 
to more customers than your most highfalutin marketing executive will talk to in a year. So every transaction is important. And what your folks are doing in the front line is repetitive, complicated, stressful. It's often isolating now that they're working out of their house. And a lot of people that they talk to aren't very nice. And that creates a lot of conflict and a lot of issues. And oh, yes, it's not usually a high paying job. You probably already know that. And turnover can be pretty bad at times. So let's get started and talk numbers. If you're going to be successful in this business with the numbers, you need to understand the alphabet soup. You need to know what AHT is. You need to know what ASA is, what CSAT is, average handle time, average work time, post-call work time, average speed of answer. What's an abandoned call? What does first call resolution mean? CSAT, adherence, attendance, quality monitoring. And by the way, all of the questions associated with quality monitoring, how do they grade them? What do they do with them? What's the impact like? What are the responses that the quality monitoring group is giving back to your frontline employees? And again, maybe you're going to end up doing some quality monitoring as well. You're also going to have to know what a PIP is, uh, assuming your organization has important performance improvement plans. So there's a large group of alphabet soup that you're going to need to know. And I would encourage you to write those down, learn those, and make sure that you understand what they are because your head will spin unless you understand the alphabet soup associated with your organization. So second up on the list is corporate mission and values. What are they? Do you know what they are? I know you've probably been told what they are. You've probably heard them at the very end of one of your training sessions, or perhaps you heard them, uh, seen them on the walls around you. Get to know them, understand them, because it's one of your responsibilities is to help drive the mission and the values in your management your style, the way that you communicate, the way that you treat employees, the way that you create a team environment uh, is all going to be tied back to the corporate mission and values of the organizations. So you need to know what they are and you ought to learn them. And quite frankly, you ought to be able to recite them as well. Third up is another alphabet soup, which is KPIs. KPI stands for key performance indicators. What are yours? You should understand every one of the KPIs that you've got that, that you're measuring. And of course, obviously, you want to be better than whatever the KPI targets are. So also, you need to make sure and take a look at your KPIs versus your employees' KPIs. And you need to be an expert in both because you may be measured on some things that your employees aren't measured on. And you need to know what the distinctions are between the two. And it also wouldn't hurt to understand which employee KPIs help drive your KPIs because that lends itself right into the next area, which is how do you get paid? Exactly how do you get paid? How do you get a raise? How do you get a promotion? Uh, how do you get a bonus if bonuses are even offered? Are, are even offered? You need to understand what this is, and by the way, you need to understand this whether you're working in a contact center or somewhere else, and uh, that's just, that's like the ante in a poker game. You need to understand what those are. Next up is, do you know where to get your numbers from? Where do your numbers come from, and then how are they calculated? You need to understand how do you go back by and assess the numbers? How do you access the numbers that you need to look at? And then do you know how the numbers are actually calculated? I'm not talking about sitting down and breaking them down, but you should at least understand how each number relates to the other number. And that's because these numbers have a pretty massive people impact. And 
what you're really looking for is how many poor performance can kill my numbers? If I've got 12 people or 20 people, how many people do I have to have that fit into a category that are going to allow me to be successful in my numbers? And I've done other podcasts with relation to roses, daisies, and weeds, and I would encourage you to listen to those podcasts. Roses, of course, being your best employees, weeds being your poorest employees, and the daisies being your kind of middle-of-the-road employees, and you usually end up at 20% roses, 60% daisies, and 20% weeds. Well, you're going to have a combination of those two, and you're going to need to understand what the correct mix is going to be that allows you to achieve your goals. Because numbers can lie to you, right? So if I have one leg in hot scalding water and the other leg in freezing cold water, on average, the temperature is fine, except for the fact that I'm in massive pain. Well, it's the same way with your statistics and your averages and the numbers that you have. If you don't understand where they came from and how they're tabulated, then you can never really begin to understand what the actual challenges are that you have to work with. And then finally, in that category of, do you know where your numbers come from? How often do you get your numbers? How often do you look at your numbers? And that leads to really my final point here. And that is, is that who's the best peer that you can look at that does really well with the numbers? And that's probably somebody that's had some experience and has been around for a while, but you need to get to know them. You get to know how they go about doing things. There's somebody in your organization, a fellow supervisor, a fellow manager, that's got this thing knocked. He or she knows how to go about accessing their numbers, looking at their numbers, and knows what numbers are the drivers that help them be successful in your organization, because I'm assuming that they're probably compensated the way you are as well. Get to know them. Invite them to lunch. Learn from them. Copy from them. Give them credit for it, but plagiarize. And plagiarize is, is, is respectful if they know that you're doing it and they've allowed you to do it. But copying, by copying them and, and taking advantage of the best practices that are going on in your organization, you got a better chance of being successful. Numbers is the first step when you're getting into the contact center management leadership position. It's, it's not the most important. It's the first step because I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that numbers really, really count. And these numbers can be a blessing or they can be a curse. They're a blessing if you understand how they work, if you understand where they come from, and you have a clear method with which to look at your employees to understand where they fit. And when, 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 when you do that, it creates an environment that allows you to be successful because you can see where you have to put the work in. You can see the areas that you have to improve on. You can see the individuals have to improve on. You'll get to the skills or the knowledge, or the initiative, or whatever the components are that allow you to be successful. And so I can't encourage you enough to embrace the numbers. Even though you're new, you've now spent 15 minutes on the numbers, which means you're a third of the way to understanding the three critical components that you need to overcome the I'm new, what do I do? Next week, we're going to talk about managing the people. Listen, if you're beginning you got an opportunity to be a great leader. Somebody chose you. Somebody put you in this position. And I encourage you to be wildly successful, to enjoy it. Working in a contact center can be really cool and a lot of fun. It's challenging, but most things that are really great in life are. So listen, just go ahead and be a great leader and look forward to talking to you next week about managing your people. And until then, have a great week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.